And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Hey, everybody. Brandon Sprague here alongside Sean Levine filling in for my main man, Travis Thomas, who was out due to the Sunday night football game. Sean is joining us from Kansas City. Uh, Sean, thanks for hopping on with us tonight. It's good to have you in, my man. Uh, wild week 16 with a lot of playoff implications and playoff seeding involved. Um, so thanks for hopping on. I, I want to start in your neck of the woods, actually, because boy, oh boy, the Chiefs were a team that it felt like, Sean, everybody was writing off a few weeks ago and saying, well, they're done. They don't have it. Their defense isn't very good. And then their defense turned it around and their offense started to not look as uh, prototypical as we're used to seeing with Kansas City. They thump the Pittsburgh Steelers as seven-and-a-half-point favorites opening. It ended at ten-and-a-half. Uh, I just want to ask you simply, what has changed with the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I don't know if you remember a band back in the day called Milli Vanilli, but they turned out to be lip singers. They weren't real. They were frauds. If you believed in Milli Vanilli back in the day, then you're the same guy that believed that the Chiefs were no good the first couple of months this season because – I'm not going to try to argue that they were playing good football, Brandon. They weren't, but I think we all knew that they were capable, right, of turning into the team that they've become now the last two months where they haven't lost a football game. They're on an eight-game winning streak after winning today. Let's count them. Now they've won a division one, two, three, four, five, six years in a row. So it kind of feels like the Chiefs are now that team that we thought they were at the beginning of the year, right? It was them in Tampa that had the best odds to win the Super Bowl. If you look up now, the Chiefs once again – are the odds on favorite, at least to come out of the AFC. So again, it kind of feels like the Chiefs, it took a while to get to the point where we thought they would get to, but here they are, and Patrick Mahomes is playing like he should, and Andy Reid, I don't think he's going to win coach of the year. We can talk about that later on, but I do think that he's having one of his better coaching jobs, certainly the second half of this season, and the Chiefs are certainly a team to beat at this point, and you can't argue that. No, I, I can't argue it at all. They won the AFC West today due to the uh, the Chargers, which you can talk about here in a second, because, boy, oh, boy, I don't know what happened with the L.A. Chargers today in Houston. The Chargers, um, but what, what they do. Uh, it, it's such a Charger loss, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, I had a buddy text me this morning, was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about laying some money on the Texans at the points. And I said, well, that seems a little risky. The Chargers are sitting there still playing for a playoff, a division title with the Chiefs. And he goes, well, they're the Chargers. And I didn't respond to it, but then I watched the game and I go, I text him later. I said, yeah, good call. There are the Chargers. That's a total Charger game for them to lose. Man, when it comes to the Chargers, you really need to like pull out a microscope and break them down because I was looking at their schedule and I've looked at the teams they've beat and I look at how bad they beat them. They've only won two games, Brandon, this year by more than a touchdown. All their other wins are close. They've had they've got beat down by some bad football teams. Like I think the Chargers were a bit of a mirage, kind of an illusion. And now we're seeing I'm looking at the standings right now. The Chiefs are gonna end up running away with this thing, right? Maybe resting players toward the end of it, depending on if they had that number one buy wrapped up. But now they're eleven and four. The Chargers are eight and seven and just barely hang on to the edge of the, that cliff for the playoff lives. I thought with the change of coach, maybe it would change things, but like you said, it just feels like the same old Chargers. I mean, I, I don't even know how how do you begin to to, to break down what that was or Brandon Staley. Like, how do you go to Houston? It's, it's one thing to maybe to win a close game, right? It's another to get thumped like that. Like, that score isn't even indicative. The Houston Texans beat them down today as 13.5-point underdogs. 13.5-point underdogs, and they outright kill the Chargers. I don't know how Staley looks at the media, looks at the fans, and explains what that performance was from his team given what we just saw recently against Kansas City, a game they probably should have won, 
but they ultimately blew, and Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes was able to to eke out a win in L.A. The Chargers make no sense at all, brother. They really don't make any sense because they tried changing <laughs> coaches that didn't work, tried changing coordinators that didn't work, got Justin Herbert. He's great. They have a really good running back. They've got weapons all over the field, really on both sides of the ball, and they just don't end up winning. And a game like today is really just completely inexcusable because when you're facing a team like the Texans, what are the Texans really playing for at this point, right? It's not to win, it's to lose and end up maybe with that number one draft pick and change the fortunes of your franchise. I don't even know how hard they're trying to win football games like this. And then they go out there and don't just win, but win in pretty dominant fashion. I don't think that says, Brandon, that much about Houston. I say I think it shows a lot more about a team like the Chargers, where now that there's only a couple of weeks left in the season, we're kind of sifting through the sand who's for real and who isn't. It's crazy to think that the Chargers are one of the four teams earlier this year that beat the Chiefs. And again, they only beat them by a touchdown, but watching every minute of that game, they beat them relatively handily. And Justin Herbert looked like the better quarterback in that game. But you can tell, man, as this season's rolled along, both those teams have gone in completely different directions. We have a lot to get into on today's show here on Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app. We're going to get into Coach of the Year stuff in the NFL in our final segment. We'll also dive into the college football playoff that's coming up uh, this week. And pretty exciting matchups with uh, Georgia, Michigan, and Bama and Cincinnati. So we'll dive into that in the final segment. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, uh, we'll dive into the playoff picture of the NFC, the NFL in general, give you some NFC odds as uh, it seems to be week to week where everything's uh, getting shifted around. And uh, you got some teams, the two seed all the way down to that seven seed. Now that we have that extra wild card team in it. And uh, we'll, we'll dive, uh, we'll do a deep dive in the NFL playoff picture. I, I want to also talk about another team. Let's get off the Chargers here. Let's talk about a team that deserves to be talked about, Sean. And okay. that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Joe Burrow and the Bengals taking on the Ravens, who, yes, they're down their quarterback. There's no doubt. Lamar is out. They went uh, with Johnson. Just What is it? Uh, Joshua Johnson, I believe, yeah. I believe, is who they went with today. And they were seven-and-a-half-point favorites. They end up blowing them out and winning 41-21. The Cincinnati Bengals have now won both games against the Steelers and the Ravens, what do we make of the Bengals this year? Well, first off, I think that we were sold a bill of goods that wasn't there with that division. Remember at the beginning of the year, Brandon, it was all oh, how good Cleveland was and how good Baltimore was, and now it's going to be Cincinnati that ultimately I think is going to win this division. And they're an up-and-down team, but the thing is with the Bengals, when they're up, they just look so good like today, and they look like a team that can beat anybody, including the team that plays 10 minutes away from my backyard, the Kansas City Chiefs. I actually think that if we're talking right now, the two biggest threats to the Chiefs aren't the teams that are in the rearview mirror as far as the closest records go, but it's the teams that are playing the best, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals and the Indianapolis Colts. I think those are the two teams that pose the biggest threat to the Chiefs because, as we know, once the playoffs come around and the weather gets kind of crappy, styles make fights, and I think that both those teams have a couple of things that the Chiefs maybe, yeah, I'm not going to say they can't stop, but they might have trouble against, and one of those things would be Joe Burrow. Brother, if he plays like he did, now he's not going to play like he did today. I'm 500 yards and five touchdown passes. I mean, that's absolutely, that's Al Bundy type stuff. That's That doesn't happen. But I do think that Joe Burrow is that dude that not enough people are talking about. I feel like we start talking about Kyler Murray when it comes to young quarterbacks not named Patrick Mahomes, or we start talking about uh, Justin Herbert from the aforementioned Los Angeles Chargers. There are all kinds of these names that come up, Lamar Jackson, but I think the second best young quarterback, maybe not just in the AFC, Brandon, a guy that doesn't get enough credit is Joe Burrow, who just was unbelievable today, as good as I've ever seen. Well, and, and not only Joe Burrow, because I think you're right, Sean. Like, Joe Burrow 
it's it's weird because we just talked about Herbert and the Chargers, right? And because of that win against Kansas City earlier this season in Kansas City, and because of some huge throws, I think we talk about Herbert and the Chargers more, even though they're maybe not deserving of it. Whereas the Bengals in Burrow are sitting here doing what they did today. And do you even think they'll be the number one story on, on all the highlight shows tomorrow? Probably not. They're probably a segment two or three type team. And maybe we should be talking about them in the first segment. When you talk about skill positions too, because Joe Burrow is amazing. Do they have the most underrated skill position players in the entire league? Wide receiver, tight end, running backs? Like I, I was really racking my brain today watching all these games and I couldn't come up with a whole lot of teams that I would pick at skill positions than what Cincinnati has at those three spots, a tight end, running back, and wide receiver. So I don't think they're the best, right? I don't think they're the best. Like, I would certainly take Patrick Mahomes over Joe Burrow, and I would take Travis Kelsey, and I would take – I think that the Chiefs have the best weapons, but you were talking about the most underrated. Faux show. Absolutely. It's a Cincinnati (laughs) Bay. Nobody talks about the Bengals' weapons, right? I mean, again, just at the beginning of the year, hell, just a month and a half ago, people were talking about the weapons that the Browns had, and they crumbled and traded them all away. And then for a minute, Mm -hmm. people were talking about the Steelers, and then you saw what they did today. And then it was back to the Ravens. But here we are with a couple of weeks left, and I think it's the Bengals. And again, sometimes it's not your entire body of work. It's how good you are when it matters most, kind of like the NCAA tournament when it comes to basketball. The team that cuts down the nets, it's never the best team, man. It's the hottest team. How well are you playing when it matters? And you look at a team like the Colts, you look at a team like the Bengals, those are teams that nobody wants to face right now. And Cincinnati right now would be the three seed. So as we sit right here, you got Chiefs at one, Titans two, Bengals three, and then the Bills at four with a couple of weeks left. Cincinnati could keep moving on up those standings that can't, I don't think they're going to catch the Chiefs can't end up with that first round bye, but could they end up with home games until they face Kansas City? Absolutely. That's a good football team. Well, and, and one team that won as, a, as an outright dog on Saturday, which was fantastic to watch. And I think it was a team that a lot of us, maybe in the betting community, had circled and kind of kept an eye on going into this week was the Indianapolis Colts. I know me and Travis last week on the show, we had identified Buffalo, New England as a big game in Indianapolis and Arizona. And we differ on Buffalo, New England. I liked Buffalo. He took New England. We both loved the Colts. And, Sean, look at the Indianapolis Colts now. I thought yesterday's win. Jonathan Taylor's been awesome. I think he deserves the MVP love that he's going to get. Frank Reich's done an amazing job. They were down four offensive linemen in that game against Arizona. I thought their biggest point of last night's win, or Saturday's win, excuse me, was that Carson Wentz, Kind of looked a bit like the MVP Carson Wentz, right? He had a couple of those throws. He had that one in the back of the end zone uh, to, to Patton that kind of sealed the game up for him. And I think that's pivotal because we know they can run the football. We know when Darius Leonard and company are out there playing, even though they were out, we know when they're playing how good that defense is. They need Carson Wentz to play like that Carson Wentz if they're going to take that next step and they're going to put fear into some of those other teams in the AFC playoff picture. That was a huge win. Uh, for Carson Wentz and company on the road in Arizona. And it feels like they just keep proving it week after week, beating good team after good team. Their resume is getting rather impressive. And they're better than the Titans. I mean, their record doesn't tell us that, but I'm looking at point differential right now. The Titans have outscored their opponents by 30. Eh, that's cool. Good job. You should be a couple of games over 500. The Colts have outscored their opponents by, wait for it, 105 points. There's only three yeah. teams that have done better than the Chiefs, that, or than uh, the, the Colts in that department, and that's the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Patriots. And those are probably the three biggest threats to the throne right now. So, yeah, I think the Colts, everybody understands, 
as long as they get in, and it's we've kind of been saying that for a long time because there's still a handful of teams with a couple of weeks left, and I think this was the NFL's intent. Let's add another week. Let's keep it interesting for some of these teams that are nine and six or even you know uh, eight and seven type teams, especially over in the NFC that have a lot of life left in them. If we add that extra week, the fan bases will still be interested. And for a team like the Colts, it's more than interesting. That team could actually make noise. If you ask me right now, who's more dangerous, Brandon? Is it the Colts or is it the Bengals? I don't know what my answer is. Who do you think is the more dangerous team right now? I really don't know. I, you know, that's a, that's a good question, Sean. And I think it's one that the next couple of weeks is probably going to give us the answer. I think it's the Colts, though. Like, I do too. as much as I, I think the Bengals have the weapons, there is still the they haven't been there yet factor for me. Now, I, again, I know Carson Wentz is kind of doing a restart here. But the Colts last year, I said this last week, um, and I, I, I maintain this. People forget the Colts were on the doorstep of going up two scores on the Bills last year in that playoff game. They ended up fumbling the ball away, and the Bills ended up beating them in that wild card game. The Colts are a really good team, and I think Frank Reich is one of the more unheralded, underrated type coaches in the NFL in terms of where we put him compared to some of the other good names. And we'll get into Coach of the Year candidates later. But if you don't start 0-3, where are the Colts right now? I mean, you go to the Titans. I'm picking the Colts over the Titans all day right now. I think they can run the football efficiently. Their defense is solid. And, again, if Carson Wentz is going to be under control, not be erratic, and not have these left-handed throws in the, his own, within his own end zone, I think the Colts are, are going to maybe be the best team to put the biggest scare into the Kansas City Chiefs. Like that, That's how much I respect what the Colts have done the last couple of weeks. The Bengals have been good. But if I'm picking between those two teams, Sean, I, I think I'm going Colts. They might be two and three right now, though, when it comes to the biggest threats to the Chiefs. Like, I think if you're making me list, it's Chiefs one, and then it's either Bengals or Colts two, even more so than teams like the Patriots and more so than teams like the Bills. What's weird about the Chiefs is a lot of those teams have beat them earlier on this year. Yeah. I mean, they've got a loss to the Titans. They've got a loss to the Bills. They've got a loss to the Ravens. So it's a good thing that they've won eight games in a row, and they're probably going to have that one uh, number one seed, of course, only one seed gets the one one team gets the buy now, so that is absolutely huge. And then playing in Kansas City is going to be big because if it's the Colts or if it's Cincinnati, you don't want to go there right now. They're winning at home, and your chances to beat them maybe in your own backyard. So I think that if we're making me list right now, it's Kansas City one, and then those no, next two teams two and three. Those aren't just teams that are hot. Those are teams that I think. Come January, you know, February, Super Bowl comes around. I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking about teams like the Bengals and the Colts, which a month and a half ago, if I said that, my mom would have washed my mouth. That was soap. Well, and I, I think today, too, because I was I was somebody that had a Chiefs minus seven and a half earlier this week. And then to watch that line. Oh, my God. To watch that line jump to ten and a half. It I was already. I, I mean, it should have opened at that to me, the way I viewed those two teams. But to watch that game unfold, Sean, I think this proves your point. This is maybe why Cincinnati is one of the bigger threats to Kansas City. To me, I think Pittsburgh had the weapons. They just did not have the quarterback today. That dude could not make pass when he needed to. And, you know, give Kansas City a lot of credit. But I just thought that was a team that had they had better quarterback play, they'd probably sit in a better position uh, than being, getting waxed by 30 in Kansas City in a pivotal game. Um, all right. We have a lot more to get into. We're going to do a deep dive into the playoff picture, Sean. So I want you to buckle up because we're going to get in the AFC, the NFC, Boy, oh boy, the Bills sent a real message to the Patriots today. Um, and we'll talk about the Cardinals as well. Talk about a team that just fades every year. We buy into it at the start, and then they fade and they fade. Um, is it time to just not buy the Cardinals whatsoever? Are they completely done? We'll dive into college football playoffs as well. 
But uh, coming up next, a deep dive into the NFL playoff picture. You've got Back to the Future, Sean Levine, alongside Brandon Sprague here on the BetQL Network. We'll be back next week. Uh, week 16 in the NFL uh, is uh, just winding down now. Five of the seven dogs so far as we speak, Sean. Five of the seven dogs that covered one outright. Made a little money today if you're barking, huh? Yeah, on those money lines. That was Today was the day to play it. And last week it was the exact opposite where it was all the favorites and the favorites were coasting. So that just goes to show you, man, that you think you finally have like your theory down, right? This is how I'm going to bet. And this is what I'm going to stick to. And then you got to change it up week to week. And that's the fun of it. That's why you got to listen to us. Yeah, absolutely. I want to I want to dive into the playoff picture right now. So in the AFC, we've got Kansas City, Tennessee, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Indianapolis, New England and Baltimore, mm-hmm. who, despite their loss to Cincinnati, still alive. The Chargers potentially costing themselves a playoff spot with that loss against Houston. In the NFC, you've got Green Bay, L.A., Tampa Bay, Dallas, Arizona, San Francisco and Philly with the Saints and Dolphins game still pending. And uh, we'll see what happens there. The NFC odds, Sean, are Green Bay plus 167 tampa bay plus 250 the rams plus 400 dallas plus 520 arizona plus 540 the niners plus 550 i'll stop or 1550 excuse me i'll stop there and i want to ask you simply sean uh is it green bay and the field is it to that point now for you or are you still liking a couple other teams over green bay Hold on, I can get the champions. I can get the greatest quarterback of all time at two and a half to one on my money. Yeah, they're definitely a live wire. I think that Green Bay is such a heavy favorite spray right now because they're definitely going to get home field advantage, right? Like, unless something absolutely horrible happens where they lose their next couple of games, then a bunch of stuff would still have to happen with the math and all that. You got to get out your TI 83 calculator. Green Bay is going to have home field advantage. They're going to get that first round by. So, the yeah. betting public puts a lot into home field advantage, especially when that home field is called Lambo Field. So it makes a lot of sense, but I think they're a little bit too heavy of a favorite. I don't really see what makes them that much better of a football team once the playoffs come around, besides playing at home and having that home crowd than a team like Tampa or a team like Dallas or a team like the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, if you really think of there were two nationally televised games. So there was the Browns game that we just saw, and then there was a game earlier this year that against the Cardinals. Remember that crazy Arizona game where on the last play, Arizona screwed it up and Green Bay ended up winning. That's two games in hand that could easily be losses. I mean, if you really watch the games and break it down, and then they're in that same category when it comes to nine and four, you know, 10 and five tight teams with everybody yep. else. So that's not how it is. The facts are that they are the one seed or are going to end up the one seed. So to answer your question, yeah, I think that it's Green Bay and everybody else. And I'd put my money on Green Bay. Oh, wow. You tricked me there. I thought you were going to yeah. go with Tom Brady. I thought you were going to. Okay, all right. I can, no. I can see that. Now, look, yeah. Sean, I, I think you're right on something. You cannot change the outcome. But I will say the only thing that leaves me a little nervous, just a tad nervous, if you're betting on Green Bay versus the field. Green Bay, the last couple weeks, has shown that they have this tendency to kind of get a little – uh, lackadaisical, like they they just they just kind of they, they 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 let their foot off the gas a little bit. Now I say that I, I say that as a guy who had a Packers minus seven and a half ticket on Saturday, but it, it still felt like that's a game they should have won by double digits. The Baltimore game, they're fourteen with seven minutes to go, yeah. and Baltimore is a play away from winning the game outright. So that would be the only thing that would leave me hesitant on outright just picking Green Bay. Whereas like right now. 
I think I still want to see the way the rest of the season plays out. I, I agree with you. I think Green Bay is going to solidify themselves as the number one seed in the NFC. But I want to see if Matt Stafford can bounce back. I want to see how Tampa Bay finishes their season because those are two teams that I, I do legitimately buy. They could go into Lambeau, doesn't matter the weather, and still get out victorious because of the players that they have on both those rosters. I just think Green Bay has that little something that leaves you a little nervous. Now, I, I still think they're a really good football team. Don't kid, don't kid yourself. They've got, a, they got a, I think, an underrated defense. And Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. But um, th- there's something about Green Bay that instead of putting teams away the last couple weeks, it feels like they kind of let their foot off the gas. And I think you're flirting with danger when you do that come playoff time. Well, Brandon, my girlfriend tells me that I have selective hearing, and I don't know what the hell she's referring to. I don't know what she's talking about. But what I just heard you say is that you should lay your entire bank account on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl because if the Packers (laughs) are the best they got, if they're the heavy favorite to come out of the NFC, right? I mean, compared to – look at Tampa last year and the streak they were on, how good they were, who they had. I mean – that was a formidable opponent who ended up winning the game the year before San Francisco. Go back to the AFC. Look at the path that they had just to get there. It feels yeah. like it's just clearing up for them. Like, honestly, and I don't know if this is a homer take or I don't know if this is the right take, but it kind of feels like if we're talking about the best team in the AFC being the Chiefs, and I think almost everybody would agree with that opinion at this point. And same thing with the NFC, that it's starting to become Green Bay pretty obviously at this point going to be the one seed coming out of both conferences. Don't we all agree that – the Chiefs are a much better team than Green Bay on a neutral field if it all plays out, right? And they go, they're the one seeds, and they have home field advantage, and they meet up in L.A. Aren't the Chiefs like a touchdown-plus favorite to win that game? Oh, you think it's that high if they are yeah, take on Green Bay? Wow. I do, okay. because I think that a lot of people are kind of like you where they understand that Green Bay is a flawed team that has a good record, probably a record that's a little bit inflated, while the Chiefs haven't lost since the Calvin Coolidge administration. I mean, they've (laughs) won eight games in a row. It's been a long time. They haven't lost in 22 straight games in the month of November and December. It's a number show, so there's a number for you, Brandon, which means that they got two games left. They're probably going to win those unless they rest their players. And then the playoffs come around, man. Like, I just think that they've proven how much better they are. And if you're comparing the Chiefs, to the rest of the AFC field versus Green Bay and the rest of the NFC field, there's a lot of teams in the NFC that I wouldn't be surprised at all if they came out to represent that conference in the Super Bowl, whether you're talking about L.A. going into Lambeau and winning that game. I'm not going to be shocked. The Rams, that is. Or whether you're talking about a Dallas and Dak Prescott goes off. Whatever the scenario is, I think mm-hmm. everybody's pretty vulnerable. It just feels like it's the Chiefs to lose at this point. So, yeah, I mean, I'll agree with you that Green Bay is a team to beat in the NFC, but if that's the best they got, lay your money on the Chiefs. Yeah, I think, Sean, what you're hitting on is we're back to the Chiefs in the field, not just the Chiefs in the AFC, not just, you know, Green Bay in the NFC. It's like the Chiefs and the rest of the field, the way we kind of thought it would be at the start of the year, and then their slow start kind of led us to believe, okay, this is going to be a different type season. And now you mention it, look what they've done the last eight weeks, the way their defense is playing especially. I know the offense kind of getting in, in gear and, Looking as good as they've looked uh, the last couple of weeks has been impressive. But still, for that defense to look as lights out as they have, uh, it's. I think if you're an NFL fan of any other team but the Chiefs, it's a little troublesome. Right now, you're not feeling all that confident that the Bengals, the Bills, the Titans, we can argue about who has the best shot to knock them off. But I think it's really tough to make an argument that you would actually pick them to beat Kansas City and knock them out of that playoff picture. So to your point, even in the NFC, if it's Green Bay, if it's the Rams, if it's Tampa, that might not matter because, again, let's go back to the Super Bowl itself. I mean, let's not act like the Bucks didn't benefit from a completely depleted offensive line by Kansas City and how different a picture that painted. 
uh, Kansas City can get some things in order and stay healthy, uh, they're going to be right back to that typical Kansas City team uh, that we're accustomed to seeing. Let me ask you about this NFC team, though, because this NFC team, Sean, seems to start out hot and then get us all the buy-in. And then as soon as the weather starts to get a little cold, the quarterback starts to get a little banged up, and the playboy coach suddenly doesn't look as hot, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I, I don't know what to make of the Arizona Cardinals now, man. They, they are a team that's floundering. I was gladly picking them a week ago. I'm glad to cash that ticket with the Colts going into AZ and yeah. getting that outright win as a one-point dog. But the Colts were down four offensive linemen. Carson Wentz is a quarterback not many want to trust. What, what do you make of the, the, the Arizona Cardinals after that 10-2 and two start that they had? Until you said the hot shot coach, Brandon, I thought you were talking about the Dallas Cowboys. And then I was like, oh, he's got to be talking about a different team. And then obviously, okay, Cliff Kingsbury, it makes sense. I don't know. Because remember like 20 minutes ago, your memory is probably better than mine. I lost a lot of that in my college days. But you were talking about the most talented teams. The Arizona Cardinals have to be on that short list, right? I mean, there's no question up and down both sides of the ball. They are absolutely loaded. And Kyler Murray, if you looked at his MVP numbers a month ago compared to them today, he's fallen off the cliff. Now they've lost, yeah. what is it, three of four? And I think it's like four of seven. So they're a team that's just not playing good football. And I don't know about you. I don't see them as a real threat at this point. They kind of seem like a team that got off to a good start. They're going to get to the playoffs. Maybe, maybe they win a game, but they probably don't. So I think that Arizona is one of those teams that we were talking about for the first two months of the season. How long could their undefeated streak go? And now we're talking about can they win a playoff game? I don't believe in that team. And it's by and large because of that hot shot that you were talking about. Honestly, what has Cliff Kingsbury ever really done? I mean, if you're putting your actual hard-earned money and based on a coach, you're not going to put it on Bill Belichick? You're not, you're not, you're not going to play the 10-to-1 odds on the Patriots? You're not going to put it on Andy Reid at 4.5, 5-to-1, whatever you get that, right? You're not going to put it on Arians? You're going to put on Cliff Kingsbury, who didn't win at the college level, and this is the first time he's really won in the NFL. You can put your money on it, Brandon, but I'm not putting a dollar on that guy. No, 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 no. There's no way I'm going to be betting on that no one. This is Back to the Futures here, Brandon Sprague, and Sean Levine filling in for Travis Thomas here on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app. Um, the other thing about Arizona, it's, it's funny. Like I, I'm with you 100% on Cliff Kingsbury. I'm not buying him over all of these other playoff coaches that he's going to potentially go up against. But I do want to throw out there because I, I know what the narrative is going to become, and it already is that. It's, it's Cliff Kingsbury. It's Cliff Kingsbury. It's Cliff Kingsbury. And I understand that. I thought he had some boneheaded plays uh, against the Colts. To me, though, Lamar doesn't win a playoff game, and it's Lamar's not the guy. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, the struggles, Baker's not the guy. I'm not telling you Kyler Murray's not good, but when do we start to kind of have the conversation about Kyler Murray? Because who he is in September, October – is nowhere near where he is or who he is in November, December. Like, at what point does that become a conversation for people? Because right now, I think the coach is the easy go-to, and I understand he deserves some criticism. But in this league, you're as good as your quarterback's going to play. And dear God, Sean, I'm watching that game on Saturday, and this dude's dropping back 25 yards to throw a ball 10 yards, and they're coming up short. Like, he just seems to look like this every year at the end of the season. When do we start to kind of wonder aloud about Kyler Murray? Well, look, he sucked. There's no question about it. But there's different levels of sucking. Like, there's different levels of greatness. And don't talk about his level of sucking compared to that of Baker Mayfield. I mean, that was <laughs> – you ever had a Hoover vacuum, like a brand that new one? That sucks really, really good. That's what that was, man. Interception, yeah. interception. That was brutal. I mean, I think that with Baker, if you pay him long-term, you're crazy. With Lamar, which they're going to talk about this offseason – your head should certainly be checked because of the style that he plays. And like you said, when it comes down to it, does he really win with Kyler Murray? I would say just 
put your foot on the brakes for a second. I think that he gets a little bit more time to answer your question. Now, I think he also got off to such a good start this year that he was probably a little bit surprised, right? He probably went home on Sunday nights and was a little bit surprised and looked himself in the mirror and said, oh, we did it again. So I just think that Kyler Murray probably is closer to the guy that we've seen the last month, month and a half. Are we still live? Am I still on? Okay. All right. Well, we're still hot. Sean is, uh, I think, just dropped. So we'll get Sean right back on uh, as he was uh, in the middle of it. You know, the other team I wanted to bring up, and hopefully we get Sean back on here because we have one more segment to get to, uh, including the college football playoff matchups, which are pretty exciting with Georgia and uh, Michigan, which I'm pretty excited about because I got a dog on that ticket. And then the Bama-Cincinnati game, um, you know, Another team I wanted to bring up was the Rams. And the Rams, they won today. They got an impressive win on the road. Minnesota, as I've told you guys time and time again. Oh, do we got Sean? Are you live? Are you good? I am live. I am good. I don't know what happened. Okay. My apologies. We're back. No, that's okay, man. It happens from time to time. We totally get it. Uh, I, I just pivoted, Sean. Sorry to cut you off there. Uh, but we pivoted to the Rams a little bit because the Rams, big win for them. I have a, a cardinal rule. I do not bet on or against Vikings. I, I stay away from Vikings games. They screw me every time. Uh, but the Rams get that road win today, an impressive one. However, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, even in some of their wins, has not looked all that impressive. How much are you trusting the Rams right now with Matt Stafford? I trust the Rams' entire product, right? I trust the fact that they were there a couple of years ago in one of the worst Super Bowls ever. I trust that Sean McVay is a brilliant offensive line. I trust that they've still got Aaron Donald on defense and a lot of weapons. But if you're just asking me about Matthew Stafford, not as much as some of these other quarterbacks that I think have a chance to go out in the NFC and actually make moves in the playoffs. Probably less than Dak Prescott, certainly less than a guy like Aaron Rodgers, probably on the same level as a guy like we were just talking about, like Kyler Murray. Like, it feels like... He hasn't really been there either. He's been playing forever, but when it comes down to a game that really matters, I mean, what's the biggest Matthew Stafford moment that you can ever remember? Go. I mean, there really isn't one, by and large, because of the team that he played on for the first decade of his career. So I I want to see it. I, I certainly don't trust in him right now. Uh, not if he's going to play like he did today, man. Baker Mayfield thought he sucked today. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't have a good performance. They were able to get that win against the Vikings, but uh... – it's going to be interesting because he's a guy that I said preseason with the addition of him to the Rams. That was a team that I was really buying in on. And they've had a couple big games, the Titan game that they outright lost. And then today, even though they won, he's had some really iffy performances. And I think that's got to leave you a little nervous if you're a Ram fan. All right, we will wind it down. We'll wrap it up. And uh, we're going to talk a little college football playoff. We're going to talk some NFL coach of the year candidates. Uh, Sean can probably wax poetic of why Andy Reid probably deserves coach of the year. However, we will go with who he thinks has the best odds and who realistically is probably going to win that award. And is Aaron Rodgers a lock to win the MVP? We'll wrap it up. Back to the Futures coming up next. Brandon Sprague and Sean Levine here on the Odyssey app for the BetQL Network. Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? You're listening to Back to the Futures from BetQL.
tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Travis Thomas and Brandon Sprague. No Travis Thomas. We've got Sean Levine hanging out with us uh, this week. Travis is out uh, due to some other work obligations. He'll be back next week with us here on Back to the Futures here on the uh, the BetQL Network. Uh, Sean Levine hanging out with us in Kansas City. Uh, Sean, it's been a lot of fun, man. We've gone through a lot of stuff. The NFL playoff picture, the seating, the matchups, uh, kind of a quick recap of this week's games. I, I want to talk a, a little broad futures bets on Back to the Futures. We like to play some of these futures tickets. Uh, we'll dive into the college football playoff games as well. I'm actually pretty stoked for those. I, I have one ticket that I really love, and I have another ticket that I'm hoping can hit. But uh, we'll dive into the college football playoff games that are coming up. Uh, later in the week, I, I want to st- stick in the NFL and want to talk about the N- uh, the MVP, the NFL MVP award, uh, because to me and Sean, you can, you can give me your take if you think I'm wrong on this. I think at this point, no matter what the numbers say, I think it's a two horse race and I don't think anybody else has a shot. Now, I, I could be wrong on that. Jonathan Taylor's had a great year. Cooper Cup's had a historic season. But I really think it boils down to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. If you look at the MVP odds, Rodgers, the favorite, at plus 145. Brady at plus 185. After that, everybody's at 900 uh, or higher. What do you make of the NFL MVP tickets right now as we sit with two weeks to go? So just to play devil's advocate, unless the NFL gets a little bit tricky, a little bit cutesy, the voters – and they say this is the year that we're going to give it to a non-quarterback, right? We've given a handful of these things to Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers just won it last year. I think it was his second that he's got on his mantle. Jonathan Taylor's having an unbelievable year, and if it wasn't for him, his team would probably not even be close to 500, let alone a playoff team, let alone be a dangerous playoff team. I mean, he's having a, not just by good running back, he's having a great year. So maybe, maybe if you want to lay down a couple of bucks on a guy that's longer than 10 to 1, put it down on him, but – Patrick Mahomes, you can get him at longer than 10 to 1 odds, which is crazy because just a month and a half ago, he was as long as 50 to 1 when the Chiefs were just starting this eight-game winning streak they're on. But ultimately, Brandon, I think you're right. I think it is a two-horse race. And I think at this point, it's probably Aaron Rodgers to lose. That's why he's a little bit more of a favorite than Tom Brady. But it's certainly either one of those guys. Like, it does come down in the next two weeks. If Tom Brady goes off the next couple of weeks and plays better than he has the last couple of weeks, then he could certainly win the award. And Aaron Rodgers... He can't coast like he did, I think, last year. I think he already had it in hand at this point with a couple of weeks left. It's going to go to one of those two guys, one of those veterans. Is it going to be Rodgers? Is it going to be Brady? I don't know. I'd put my money on Brady just because he's a longer shot. To me, it should be an even money bet at this point. So if I can get better than two to one, give me a couple of bucks on Tom Brady. He is the GOAT, right? Yeah, if it's if it's between those two guys, I'll also put some money on Brady. Can we also – can we be in the trust tree for a second here, Sean? Yeah. yeah. I hate it. I hate it because of everything you just said at the beginning of that. I thought you made a, a ton of sense, and it's something that I've been harping on now for a couple of weeks. Jonathan Taylor is the workhorse for that Indianapolis Colts team. Their record when he rushes for over 100 yards versus when he doesn't, it's night and day. It's a team that wins, and it's a team that doesn't if he doesn't hit 100 yards. What he is asked to do on a weekend, week-out basis for the Colts to help them continue this playoff push, it, it, it deserves to get some more credit. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, you said it by any standard, is having a great season. 
But because of the, the, the flashy and sexiness of the quarterback position, we give this award largely to the best quarterback. And look, Rodgers and Brady have been phenomenal. I won't, I'm not telling they haven't. I just, I think, I think once in a while, it's nice to reward other positions for the impact that they have on their teams. And what Jonathan Taylor's impact is felt with, with the Colts, uh, to me is MVP. When you say MVP, it's everything Jonathan Taylor has been doing for the Indianapolis Colts. So I'm with you on Brady, but if I'm being honest, I hate it because I wish we could start recognizing other guys at other positions more often instead of doing the once every four to five years, we give it to a different position, but it's largely a quarterback award. Four to five? You mean 14-15? I mean, wasn't Adrian Peterson? When's the last time that a non-quarterback actually took home that award? I think we sometimes combine the MVP award with the Heisman Trophy because they're both, quite frankly, a little bit of BS, and the best player doesn't often win or even end up on that stage. But for a long time, the criteria to win the Heisman was you got to be a great quarterback on a great team. And then they started giving it to Mark Ingram and Devontae Smith and some other positions ended up winning it. I don't think that there's been a non-quarterback that's won the NFL MVP. Man, we're talking about a decade plus. They just don't do it. So I don't, we can have all the fun we want. You can put a little bit of money on it if you want to. But with Jonathan Taylor, I mean, the chances of him actually winning that award and cashing your ticket at the window are very slim. We say 10 to 1, 12 to 1. They should probably be 40 to 1. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I, I'm with you. That's just that's the bummer part of it. I think Jonathan Taylor is deserving of being right there with Brady, with Rodgers, because of the season he's having. Let's go to Coach of the Year before we get to the college football playoff games. Uh, NFL Coach of the Year. This is a really tricky one because I think you go a, a ton of different avenues here. Bill Belichick, the favorite at plus 150. Matt LaFleur at plus 325. You got Cliff Kingsbury at plus 1,400. Um, you got Frank Reich at plus 1,600. And Vrabel at plus 1,800. Zach Taylor, by the way, if you like juicy odds, plus 2,000. Those are your NFL Coach of the Year uh, award candidates right now. Based on what you've seen, Sean, where are you, where are you laying the money? I like juicy. That's actually my favorite Biggie Small song. I love it. I got to play it all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a juicy one, actually. Now you talk about it, Zach Taylor. I know you're ribbing me about Andy Reid, but why is he 50 to 1 when his team's going to be the one seed and Matt LaFleur's team's going to be the one seed and he's three and a half to 1? That's Right. Andy shouldn't win it. Either should LaFleur. I think it's probably going to end up in the hands of Bill Belichick. But if I can get plus 1,800 right now, is that right on Mike Vrabel? I mean, for a team that's 10-5, and five, and we know who their workers is, workhorse is, right? We know how they generally win football games in the past, and that's turning around and handing it off to King Henry. And they haven't had him for two and a half months going on now. So I think that Mike Vrabel is actually a live wire. Like, if we're talking about 18-1 to 1 odds, to me, he should be like maybe 7-1, to 8-1. to 1, But – I think that Bill Belichick has done the best job. I think that Bill Belichick, and not to mention, you know how hard it is for Bill Belichick to even have his name in that conversation? I was just kind of having a little bit of fun saying, why isn't Andy in there? For Bill Belichick, he basically has to overachieve tenfold compared to what people thought that his team was going to be. And to be fair, I think that's what New England has done. I think that New England is probably the fourth, maybe the fifth best team right behind Buffalo in the AFC at the beginning of the year. I would have had them at like 10, 11, not even a playoff team. So, if I was a voter, which I'm not for the award, I think I'd have to vote Belichick. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Belichick is basically the modern-day Jordan, right? The dude could win the MVP every year, but we always find ways to give it to other guys. Yeah. Uh, I, look, for, for this, I'm, I'm agreeing with you in the sense of I think Bill can get to the playoffs and they just kind of smooth this out a little bit because the last couple of weeks have been a little rocky. Uh, he'll probably win it, but I'm going to take big odds here. I'm going to take Zach Taylor at plus 2,000. And those are real long odds, but 
I mean, how does he not fall into this category as legitimate candidate if they're going to win the AFC North, if they're going to find themselves as a, a three seed in the AFC playoff picture? There might have been some people, Sean, that picked them to get to the playoffs with Joe Burrow this year. I don't know how many. Doesn't feel like there were a ton. But for them now, where I win that division, a division that, as you mentioned at the top of the show, many people thought was going to be the best division in football with Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. They were always regarded as, as largely the fourth team in that race, uh, maybe the third, depending on how people view the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I, I think that's a hell of a job by Zach Taylor. Not the biggest a fan of Zach Taylor, but to get Joe Burrow and company to take that next step to go to the playoffs, I think there's a lot of work involved that, that, that it takes to get to that point. Um, for a coach. So I, I, I'm i going to take the juicy odds. You like Vrabel at plus 1800 just for the juicy. Uh, I'm also going to I'm going to squeeze out the Zach Taylor plus 2000 odds because I think Cincinnati's got a great argument uh, to be made that they're they're one of the better stories in the NFL this year. Oh, no doubt about it. And they're one of the hotter teams right now. I think that there's probably three or four, maybe five coaches realistically that could end up with the award, but kind of like the MVP, when you're talking about three or four or five, you're really talking about one, maybe two. And so I think that it's like you said, with the MVP race, I think we're talking about two horse race, probably with coach of the year. I think it's probably going to end up if Bill Belichick and the Patriots lose their next couple of games, and then that's the fading memory that people have, the voters have, then there's a chance that it would end up in the hands of LaFleur. But like you said, everybody else is 10 to 1 or longer. I think those are probably the only two guys that realistically could end up with this award. I'm with you, too, by the way, on LaFleur. If Reed's not going to get better consideration, why is LaFleur getting better consideration? And, and we knew. Like, most of the time to win these type of awards, it's what were our expectations? Like, how good were you supposed to be, and then how much did you overachieve? That's how we give out these type things, right? In the case of Matt LaFleur, we knew his team was going to go win 12, 13 games. That's what Vegas told us, right? It was like 12 and a half. Yep. Same thing with the Chiefs to cash your ticket, and that's exactly what both teams are doing. Now, they've done it a little bit different. The Chiefs got off to a terrible start. While well, I'd say Green Bay's been a little bit more consistent, even with Aaron Rodgers going down. But if you're talking about a great job coaching this year, I think both Andy Reid and Matt LaFleur both done a great job. I don't want to sell Andy short because we knew how good his team was going to be. He's done a great job once again. Yeah. Sean, let's uh, let's wrap it up with this college football playoff coming up on Friday. I'm, I'm pretty jacked for it. We're big college football fans out west. And um, I think we got some good games potentially uh, looming here. Georgia, Michigan. Uh, Georgia, seven and a half point favorites. The over-under is 45. And then Bama, Cincinnati, Bama's 13 and a half point favorites. The over-under is 58. I'm going to tell you right now, Sean, I don't know where you lean on these games. I love Michigan plus the seven and a half for his first college football playoff game. I don't know why, but I just think the pass rush of Michigan is going to be able to get uh, to Georgia. And I think their offense is going to be able to move the ball. I'm betting the under in this one, but I love Michigan plus the seven and a half. You're betting the under, then you've got a bigger pair than me. The number's only 44 and a half. Yeah, I think because if you get early points, then you're already going to screw yourself on that one. As far as, like you said, about the taking the points with Michigan makes all the sense in the world. In Georgia, you have that question coming off of a loss, their only loss this season. Where's their confidence level? And then you look at Michigan coming off of the biggest win in the Jim Harbaugh era. We know where their confidence level is through the roof. So I play the money line. I'm with you. I don't even want the points, yeah. Brandon. You can take them. Yeah. So keep them in Portland and Kansas City. I'm playing the money line on that one. But when it comes to Cincinnati and Alabama, 
Uh, I'm not going to play the money line on that one either way. You can't get anything <laughs> on Alabama with Cincinnati. You're just throwing your money away, brother. I'd probably play the overs in that one. I see a lot of points. Cincy's weird, though, because they kind of put points up in bunches. I played their overs a lot this year, and it ended up hitting, but you have to sweat it out. Like, they'll only have 10 points at halftime. Then you look up at the end of the game, they put up a 48 spot. They're not going to do that against Alabama, but if you can just get a couple of touchdowns, you'll hit your overs in that one. So, I like the overs in the Alabama game. I'm not touching the line, and I'm with you. I like Michigan outright, man. I think they beat Georgia. Play the money line. I'm with you there. I'll take Michigan money line as well. Bama, I mean, there's there's really no point. I, I'll, I'll lean a slide under. I'll lean the slide under a 58. I think something like Bama – uh, 45 to 10. I think I think Saban has a dominant performance and showing against Cincinnati. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for us, Sean. Thanks for hopping in with uh, for Travis this week, man. It was a is a real pleasure to have you. Uh, thanks for hopping in last minute, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week here. Back to the Futures here. Thanks for tuning in on the BetQL, uh, BetQL Network and the Odyssey app. I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are gonna love it.